Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Lady Audacity. I'm Alex. And I'm Meredith. And if you're coming here because you heard Kristen Meinzer's shout out on NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, a phrase I cannot believe I'm saying, (laughs) welcome. Welcome. We are so happy to have you. That was, again, I think our interview with Kristen was so much fun. I, she was an absolute joy. She was just, she was everything, again, Meet your heroes because sometimes it turns out it turns out good. Yes. (laughs) It was absolutely amazing. But if you are new here, just to give you a little overview, we are a podcast that looks at primarily the British royal family, media, pop culture, with equal parts research and sass. We are we are fairly sassy. Sometimes we break out into song. It's just what we do. In the words of Kristen Meinzer, NPR's own Kristen Meinzer. We are smart, funny, and frothy. I really like the description frothy. It feels right. Doesn't it, it feel right? It feels very right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're frothy. You know, we're sassy. We're fun. We're cute. We're, we're vibing. so cute. We're <laughs> vibes, the vibes are always good here. So we're we release vibing. episodes every other week, and we try to do an interview once a month. Our deep dives on people or issues are over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Lady Audacity. That's where we do our deep dives. And Alex, speaking of deep dives, tell the fine people our topic for July. First off, we have to thank our our very bad drums. You just went around (laughs) the horn. We have to thank our patreon subscribers i said i want all your opinions and they gave us the opinions and we have decided prince and princess <laughs> and i was like prince and wow the family really <laughs> oh! is modern it's getting bad bitch <laughs> i've been watching a lot of love island you guys i'm sorry i'm if i start saying you're moving mad like again i it's too much uk love island i think i'm british no right it's now. 
It's never enough. (laughs) It's never enough. Yeah. So Princess Anne is our topic for July. We plan on recording that next week. So that'll drop on Patreon. And if you want Patreon because you get ad free content and we're starting, I heard an ad in our last episode and I squealed a little bit. It's all, it's, it's all happening. happening. Sheena Shea. Sheena Shea. Uh, We we have our arm up right now. Yes. Oh my God. This is why we're friends. This is why we're friends. So, and if you want that ad-free content, you want the episodes early. That is all over on Patreon. And we have our first $25 tier. Sign up. Yes. Yes. I have not decided on what the name is going to be, or we haven't talked about what we're going to name this. But for now, I'm going to say, welcome, welcome. HRH, Duchess, Nora. Okay, Thank you, our Nora. first diamond. Our first diamond of the season. Our first diamond. Yeah, she <laughs> she's the middle diamond for the housewives right now, or the middle tiara. <laughs> yes, she is. Okay, she's our Gretchen. I'm watching Real Housewives of Orange County because oh, you know so got to keep the reality good. TV palette circling. And it's I think I'm on season seven when um what's his name Vicky's guy who fit cancer. Oh, what's oh, his oh. name? It's um, a, he fills up my love tank. Oh, yeah. what the. F- what the? F- oh I my wanna, god! No, not, no. What am I saying shorts? It's not shorts. <laughs> Vicky's shorts. fake. Hold on, I'm looking this up. Vicky's um, fake boyfriend cancer. I'll, I'll find it right the now. Southern accent. Oh my god, Brooks Ayers or Ayers. Brooks, Brooks. Thank you. I knew it was a book. I knew it was a B. Yes, I'm watching that one. And well, she's our Gretchen because Gretchen is amazing this season. So thank you, HR HRH Duchess Nora. Yeah, thank you so much. And I mean, full disclosure, she she is a friend of mine. We we became friends online. <laughs> and I was like, you're the realist. Thank you for supporting all my passion projects, you angel. So angel. yeah, definitely go over to patreon.com and check all of that out. Final note, just to make it crystal clear, Alex has dyslexia. And in the words of in the words of Luann Delaseps, be cool. Don't be all uncool about it. And this is something I did not know about dyslexia, Alex. And I really thank you for being so open. And we've had so many oh, people reach you. out and thank you for that because it's a really big deal to have that represented. You know, you don't need to quote unquote fix these issues before diving into a projects. People just need to understand and be accepting. Be cool. And, like, and I didn't. We're sorry. smart. So, oh, no, sorry. I, I just had to say to all my dyslexic babes, we're smart. Like, don't let anyone tell you you're dumb, willfully ignorant, whatever. We're smart. You're babes. not. Like, no, smart you're shit. Okay. You're smart. And I didn't realize. I didn't realize part of dyslexia wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just reading. It's sometimes hearing words yes. and and you know how they're supposed to come out, but your brain and your mouth are just will not, not vibing. They will not vibe together and just let it happen. It's like in my mind, I'm hearing it perfectly, but like my mouth talk, like nothing is getting around the syllables correctly. It's just not happening. <laughs> but I promise I am always trying. No, exactly. And that's, and I think it's, it's just good for new people just to understand this. And if you're still mad about it, then you might be an asshole. Sorry. You're uncool. Sorry, not sorry. And like, like you're uncool. Be cool. Don't be all uncool. Be all uncool. That is uh, like, Luann Deliceps. What a freaking legend. Alex, what a legend. legend. Everyone, legendary. Legends Meredith, only. A legend. Here. Oh, <laughs> stop it. Okay. So getting into our first little category of the day. Bananas articles of the week. Alex, kick it off. And as as always, the Royals 
They were giving. They were giving. So we're going to start. Our, our our banana articles of the week for me definitely has to be the coverage for when Kate went to Wimbledon. So As good. we know, Roger Federer is there. Federer. No Federer. It's Federer. okay. You're close. Federer. No. I do not yes. watch tennis. I have no idea who this man is other than when he's with Kate. Okay. Who is but this what man? I do, <laughs> he's a very good tennis player. Um, And it sounds like he was being recognized for that work. He's not playing. He got to sit next to Kate. They did the Wimbledon video. I know this guy is so important. All the, t- the way Meredith is laughing, all the tennis fans are like, bitch. <laughs> like, good so at good. tennis. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so Kay came in her Diana Coles play, and she was looking cute. Obviously, it's giving duchy money. Like, we have the duchy money now. I mean, we got Balmain. We've had a lot of big contenders lately, but specifically in her going outside of her usual Catherine Walker and mainly white designers, let's be real. I'm seeing a lot more people of color, and we're seeing a lot more couture, new couture. Um but anyways, besides the blazer, obviously she's chatting with Roger. His wife is also there, Mirka. And mind you, I remember seeing on Twitter, and a lot of this was coming from Sussex fans that have just really dislike Kate and William and pay too much attention to them, in my opinion. Yeah, but they yeah. immediately were like, oh, she's being so friendly towards this man. And I'm thinking like, I, I mean, what is she supposed to do? But what was shocking, though, was the next day. because we have stuff coming out. The headlines, Kate and Fed's love in. This is from the sun. Instead of lean in, it's love in. And it's a photo of Kate leaning into him and he's like smiling. And then you have the Daily Mail. Um, You have an ace welcome from Kate. Princess looks thrilled to catch up with old pal Roger Federer. And he's honored at Wimbledon as he's honored at Wimbledon. But his wife Merker doesn't look so thrilled. Now, I'm not sure how many hours later, but it was just hours later that that headline got changed to Princess Kate looks thrilled to catch up with old pal Roger Federer as he's honored at Wimbledon, while wife Merker concentrates on the action on the court. As mm-hmm. we can tell, there's a big difference in that parentheses of what his wife is doing. <clears throat> when I also noticed, too, in the original headline with the photos, it's like, Four photos in all, and then there's a fifth one right in the middle. And in those four, it's Kate and Roger looking really chummy and happy. And then when it shows the wife, she's just like giving like kind of like a hard smile or not smiling at all and just kind of looks put off. And then in the headline, when they change it, it's just two photos of Kate and Roger looking chummy. And then the middle photo is a small one. And it's Roger trying to talk to his wife and she looks unhappy. So past that headline, I want to keep it real here. You can see other photos and Kate talks to his wife. His wife talks to her. They're smiling. They're holding a conversation completely normal. So any kind of like narrative that they barely spoke and they were giving each other the evil eye is not completely. It's not true, honestly. I think to your point, you know, for people who dislike William and Kate, you have to really check in with yourself and say, am I holding this coverage to the same standard that if there were pictures like this of Harry and Meghan that I would jump to defend them and say, no, 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 yeah. that's not the whole picture. And I also want to say Mirka's a former professional tennis player. So, you know, maybe she was really freaking focused on the game. Also, I think she just has really good resting bitch face. It's like Nordic exactly. resting bitch face. It's totally <laughs> fine. 
Like, like, I mean, it's just, I'm sure there's several photos. If you do the wide span and not just the crop version of Kate and Roger together, his wife will be right there and she would be clapping and smiling. But all the, they crop it. So you just see them. And then they show you a picture of her looking unhappy. And like, why I brought up too, of why I've seen this from some Sussex stands that I think pay attention way too much to William and Kate is I was so surprised to now see this from the Sun and the Daily Mail. The fact that they picked up on this and made it a headline tells you times are changing. They really can't rely on Megan and Harry anymore. And it just makes me think about what Omid said in his ITV or not. It wasn't ITV news. It was I news. His opine. I news. Yes. Yeah. His opinion piece. He talks about like, there has to be someone you can fall back on for drama yep like they can give give you some drama from the this couple and obviously kate and william are very important i mean the sussex were perfect in the way that that was the spare megan's a biracial black woman people easily find fault with her and so on but i think with them gone it's a little bit trickier but i also think it's obvious that kate would be the person becomes the new fall guy because one she's the most popular royal out of all of them so it's almost like I can see them thinking like, oh, she can be, go- she can go down a few notches. You know what I mean? Because even if she goes down a few notches, she's still going to be popular and she's still going to drive eyes to us. And it's going to make everyone else look better too. So I have a couple of thoughts. And yes, I completely agree. The first thought I had was Camilla's new, I believe it's her private secretary or her assistant, was poached from the Daily Mail. He was an editor at the Daily Mail. So I do wonder what connections are still there that they are mining. The other thing I found interesting was the headline change. And I'm not sure if that's like A-B testing, like an SEO kind of thing, or if their hope was really sensational, bad headline that would fire people up and then change it to something that maybe the palace would be a little more open to, you know, Kate and William. The other thing I realized is we never really see Kate like interacting with and I want to be careful because people are going to be like don't say William and Kate aren't in love and that's not what I'm saying but to see her talking with a man who is giving her the same energy back and I'm not even saying that in a romantic way I'm saying that in just a someone looks to be enjoying her company and she looks so relaxed and it just makes me sad that we don't see that. And one more thing, what's interesting about the Daily Mail coverage is obviously this happened. Then there's William's polo match. And one of the first thing that starts coming out yeah. are these videos of, you know, William seemingly moving away from Kate as quick as possible. It's a very awkward kind of kiss your grandmother on the cheek kind of yeah. energy. And yet it's almost like the Daily Mail got in trouble for their coverage of Wimbledon because all you see oh, are yeah. these like this look of love, like PDA princess was one of the headlines. And I said, PDA princess, my God. Yes. And then they did this whole thing about, let's look at times that William and Kate let their guard down and showed their everlasting love. And two of the photos are engagement photos and their wedding day. It's that I, I like try not to laugh, but I remember Every single time that like Megan and Harry would have a cute PDA moment, people would try to pull up photos of William and Kate and their cute PDA. And I swear 90% of the photos are always either while they were dating or the first two years of their marriage. And I'm not saying it's because they fell out of love after two years of marriage, but obviously in terms, it could just simply be like people in the palace are like, Hey, you guys are a future King and queen. We need you to be a bit more serious now. So not as much PDA, you know, like it could be something as simple as that, but it is sad that they have to reach so far back (laughs) to get these time of kind of photos. And luckily though, they have Kate. 
and Kate is a great game player and she's been giving them butt taps. Because after Wimbledon, the next big event was the Scottish coronation. Yes. Which and happened, again, which, it's did so you real- funny. Did you realize mm-hmm. that the Scottish coronation happened on the 4th of July when Prince Harry was at a parade celebrating America's independence okay. from the monarchy? Because that is so good. It's so good. And honestly, from the coverage and the people who did show, well didn't show up, it was very much giving like the Scottish were like, I want my own independence day. <laughs> but anyways, when it came to William and Kate for that, they did seem a lot more intimate. And mind you, this is just William putting more effort into giving her a festive glance. They did the butt tap at the service. You know, Kate put the butt tap right there. And I'm pretty sure it made someone's Instagram. I think it was the royal family's Instagram. But that was on a lap photo, got a lot of coverage from the Telegraph, the Daily Mail, all of those things. And then we had the polo match. So, hey, maybe this is my own bias being influenced by these headlines. But I can't help but think, like, they saw these headlines. They're like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And we are going to fight back through action. And we're going to be extra lovey-dovey. And honestly, too, like you said, Kate just needs someone to give her the same energy. I think it's funny because it reminds me when Harry was around. He gave her the same energy. They would have fun. They would laugh. You know, they would joke around. And maybe it's William just feeling he needs to be serious because he's the future king. But it is sad for to see or miss that you know it what also, I mean? it also might just be william's personality and i say this with no malice yeah if they have like a kind of a working marriage i think that's totally fine i'm not saying they do i'm just saying if that's their setup like as long as there's consent involved like i'm okay with however people yeah. want to conduct their own marriages i just think some of the coverage almost makes it work it's it's giving trying to make fetch happen like, these are just not PDA oh, totally. people. You know what I mean? William is clearly no. not comfortable with that. So let it go. I will say, and this is a little bit talking about the coronation, too. And I don't know if it was just because of these Daily Mail headlines, you know, insinuating she was almost flirting with Roger. But or just the fact that everyone looked kind of glum during the UK coronation. And that was widely reported. But this coronation overall felt lighter and like everyone was full on keep calm and carry on. Like you better smile. You better be happy. I don't care how hard we're all getting booed. Okay. How big the not my king signs are, which is why I laughed because I was looking at um, William and Kate's Instagram for it. And the photo of the crowd, you know, is so specifically taken to for one, make sure it looks super duper full. And there was parts that looked full, like pretty much initially when they departed the church, that area seemed full, but it quickly just sputtered out to just barely nothing. And how well they did it to not show any of the protesting signs. In fact, yep. the image, you can only see one sign. It says, Charles is Scots, Scotland's king. <laughs> just like, it cracks me up. It cracks me up. But everyone kept calm. They carried on. Everyone was giving, we're happy, I think. And Kate was like, I'm going to flirt with my man. Okay, so take that Daily Mail in Sussex stands. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's so true. The coverage of them is, again, it's it, when you really pay attention to it, especially through one outlet, it is so telling that these outlets are ultimately just throwing stuff against the wall to see what sticks. And, and yeah. it and really I think comes kind through. of bored. Perhaps it's the same people over and over through. again. Yeah. 
It yeah, really is. Yeah, like, they're kind of getting bored. And writing someone as perfect all the time gets boring, you know, for the for the reader and for the writer. Yes. So my Bananas article is, okay, the Telegraph reported on Joe Biden's um, visit with King Charles and, and also Rishi Sunak. And he was meeting with King Charles to discuss environmentalism issues. So the Telegraph, and we're going to talk about this more in our Newsby Newsin section, but the headline is from Victoria Ward, Joe Biden's touchy-feely tea with the king makes up for coronation no-show, which is hilarious to think that the president of the United States is going to go to the coronation of the king, famously, we fought a war against, and the fact that that has never yeah. happened prior. So anyway, listen to this sentence. It, oh, I'm so excited to read this to you. Okay. <laughs> Such was the tactile nature of the greeting that on one occasion, as the monarch felt a lingering hand on his elbow, he glanced down briefly in apparent surprise. What in the Harlequin romance is this? Like, I'm sorry, are they about to bang? And I have to read this really quickly to you. My friend Aaron, shout out to Aaron. They wrote this like continuing fan fiction of this moment. Okay, you're not ready. Okay. So starts out with such was the tactile nature of the greeting that on one occasion, as the monarch felt a lingering hand on his elbow, he glanced down briefly in apparent surprise. Before he could say anything, Joe spoke. You know, the first lady and I, we have something of an agreement. Charles felt his throat go dry as his face began to flush. His eyes flitted left, then right, his mind calculating the risks. I see. And, well, my servants, they can be quite discreet. Charles said, his voice deepening with barely contained desire. But not now. The press has ears. When? <laughs> Joe was not a man accustomed to being told, wait. And he was alternately cross and excited by the prospect. I'll send a car to your hotel this morning. <laughs> you know what it's giving? It's giving red, white, and royal blue, but when they're like yes. in their 60s. Yes. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm like, Victoria, <laughs> I don't know... Like maybe like, maybe she had a different career in mind originally, and she was like, "Let oh me see if I can gosh. work some romance smut because this sounds okay. disgusting." I will say, like, if it wasn't Joe Biden and King Charles, I'd be like, mm, "This sentence kind of cute. I want to know what this rom com right? is about." But I'm like, like this meet cute, <laughs> this meet cute is really Biden. good. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's literally red, white, and royal blue. I know. Man edition. <laughs> It is just like all I can think about now. I hope you guys are ready for a photo dump. Yes. Like in the photo dump, there's definitely going to (laughs) be. I'm looking up right now a photo of these boys for the their um the poster, the movie poster, and if Charles and Joe Biden's head pops up on it, you know why. Listen, dope, and make sure it's Joe Biden's head with like an ice cream cone because maybe we could go into like a (laughs) an an eating fantasy too. It's just sometimes the way they write these things, it's you're doing too much. You're doing way too much. And we are going to talk about the coronation and other hot topics in our new segment that Alex and I made up just last night called The News Be News In. And this is when we talk about all of the breaking news that has happened between the last time we recorded. And what's nice about this is it really gives us time to let the news simmer, lets other information come out, and we can really have a, a better discussion about it. So, Alex, do we want to start with neo-Nazis, LGBTQ hate on you know, the prince and princess of Wales's social media or the coronation or the Biden visit, excuse me, which fun, delightful topic <laughs> do you want to start with? 
So I think we should start with neo-Nazis because I think it'll be a great segue into why William and Kate have so much anti-LGBTQ plus hate on their pages. Ooh, I see what you did there. Yeah. (laughs) You see what I did there. Oh, yeah. So so it was on July 7th we got this from Sky News. They reported that two men, Christopher Gibbons and Tyrone Patton Walsh, were arrested and found guilty for encouraging acts of terrorism in their neo-Nazi podcasts. So in their rants against mixed-race couples, Jewish people, and several other groups, they bring up Megan and Harry specifically, Archie specifically. Now I'm going to quote this. It's pretty horrible. Archie was called an abomination that should be put down. And they said they wanted Harry to be prosecuted in court for marrying Megan. Yikes. And then this is a second one in two months. Last June, it was two teenage boys who said they were alt-right, not Nazis, but hey, literally one in the same. Um, So they made a lot of terroristic threats. That's what they were arrested for against POCs, the LGBTQ plus community, and the Jewish community. And in their rants, they made comments about assassinating Harry after he married Megan for being a race traitor. So, um... And, a, and when this news came out, a lot of Sussex fans brought up the fact that in 2022, Neil Basu, I don't think I'm saying his right. I know you are because I literally, he, I just listened to his interview with Channel 4 when he was outgoing yep. head of counterterrorism in which he says, continue. Thank you. Yes. In that, in that, when he was in the head of counterterrorism, he talks about how very real the threats were against Megan and Harry. And he talks a lot, he specifies Megan in particular, that the threats were very serious and that they had to have separate teams literally dedicated to tracking down these threats and making sure they weren't serious or how serious they were. And he said, like, anyone would be very scared if they were going through those same things, let alone the amount of threats they were getting. But in general, too, he revealed, and I think this is interesting, revealed in 2015, right-wing terrorism only took up 6% of their workload. By the time he left in 2021, it was 20% of their workload. Wow, And I think not only that says a lot about where we are um, as, well, a planet right now, but what Megan was stepping into. You know, I can't imagine stepping into this world at that point, because no matter what people want to say, the British royal family absolutely represents white supremacy. And she was coming in to ruin that when a lot of these people were feeling like they're getting pushed out by minorities and, oh, no, the white man is going to be the minority. Like, unfortunately for her, she came in at the worst time. Like, all of their fears was Megan. Yeah, I it's it's really jarring. And and, and to put like especially this recent um, alt-right podcasters, worst, worst kind of podcasters, I mean. God, but what they said about Archie needing to be put down, I, I want to specify and put this in a different way. This was the King of England's grandson who is in the line of succession being told that he should be murdered, murdered, put down like an animal and the minimal coverage from Royal correspondence on this has been absolutely incredible, but also not surprising. There's actually, and I will include this in our show notes, which live for free over on our Patreon. The um, James O'Brien, who is um, like a radio host in the UK, he does really good videos. He has 
just so many salient points. But he calls that out about the fact that, you know, all these people who love to chronicle Harry and Meghan and will discuss every little mm-hmm. moment. I mean, the Daily Mail literally had a piece a couple days ago about what it means when Meghan wears a white button down. But they yep. had every every outlet kind of begrudgingly put out one quick story about this neo-Nazi incident. I'm sorry. I do not wish this on Kate and William's children, obviously. But if this had been about Princess Charlotte, are you kidding me? Can you imagine the (laughs) wall-to-wall coverage? Can we just think about the coverage we got when they said that Megan chose flowers that were poisonous and that Charlotte was allergic to and that Megan was potentially putting Charlotte in harm's way and was going to kill her. Yes, the baby's That got more coverage, that asinine storyline. Yes, asinine. By the way, baby's breath are flowers that literally every single royal woman has used in their wedding. It's a tradition. And the way they used that against Megan to say that she wanted to harm Charlotte, this child, was wild because it would come up every other, like every year it felt like until she left. Like there would be these like few headlines. I've seen more energy towards that than they have put in in talking about this. But it's not surprising when the royals won't talk about it. Yeah. None of the royals, whether it's through a source okay, or it is officially, have ever condemned the racism against Megan and her children. None of them ever have. And it's, and I think people need to remember whether it is neo-Nazis saying that they literally want to put down Archie like he's an animal, or it's a BBC reporter um, tweeting that photos of him leaving the circus and it's two humans with a monkey in between them. That is like, all racism and it can all amount to these type of things like that little joke as people wanted to put it will eventually have a trickle down effect until you get to the neo-nazi guys are saying he should be put down so what's really humanizing what's really interesting about this time too and this is from afua hirsch writes this really good book british which is about her experience being black and british essentially and she talks about the era of racism without racists and that's really what we're in where (laughs) racism is done it's over and so there no racism exists so when you call out racism people are like but there's no racist that we don't do that but the inability to i mean there are at this point there are so many different sources that are saying these threats against Megan and Harry and their family are credible. This is real. And the fact that we won't believe a black woman's pain and a black woman's specific, you know, suffering yeah. is so telling. And the fact that the British Royal family won't put out a statement saying this is behavior we do not condone. This is yeah. our family. You are not doing us a service by wanting to put down my grandchild. I'm sorry. The fact that you cannot go out there and make those statements that shouldn't have to be said, but clearly they have to. Yeah. I'm not saying that the threats would they stop. They need to be. But come on. And I think that's too, it's like people, yeah, will say like, well, it's not going to stop the threats. Well, it's like, that's not the point though of them speaking out. The point of them speaking out is letting people know that they will not allow this and that they are against this. That is the entire point of it. And by even just putting that type of protection on them by saying, this is not right. We know people, even if it's not going to change their actions, but somewhere in their um, subconscious, they're probably going to think, oh, maybe they're not that bad or something like that you know but the royal family has pretty much co-signed a lot of these types of racism by staying 
silent. Yes. Everyone will talk about racism, but it won't talk about the racism that has to do with them directly. And I think that's really, and it's, it's important to think about and to talk about because I think that reflects so many white people who are trying to deal with their racism is how they can call it out on everyone else. Or if it's like this nameless figure or this like random woman going off on a child, like Karen or whatever, but they never want to talk about how the racism has affected their own thinking or the people around them. And I think especially in terms of the UK is that they haven't been forced to have the kind of racial reckoning that we had to have in the United States because of laws on the books for segregation. And I think there's sometimes this incorrect belief in the UK that racism does not exist because there weren't literal slaves on their land, just in their colonies. And the extraction of wealth and human resources to the UK, look, there are there are some black people in the UK now and that racism doesn't exist. And at least we're not as bad as America. And I think that really hinders a very important conversation and racial reckoning that has to happen in Britain. Well, and there's, this is a really great writer. Her name is Emma Dabiri. I'm sorry, guys. I believe you. She's amazing. Um, But she's talked a lot about like how, pretty much a lot of the words that we're hearing right now, like anti-racism, allyship, like a lot of those buzzwords, how they've been around pretty much forever, but how they're being redefined and how she thinks in many ways redefined to just assimilate to white people's needs and feelings. But she also talks a lot about representation politics too, though. And she talks about how bad it's gotten. And I feel like the UK specifically, no one seems to do representation politics like UK does representation politics. Or maybe just US hasn't caught up. But oh my gosh, it's kind of like no wonder so many people can try to deflect on the racism, including like the pick me black woman and brown woman, because there is so much representation on all levels. So it is easy for them to say, well, hey, we have a prime minister, though, who's, you know, who's Indian. We have, um, he's got, you know, Boris Johnson, he had multiple black people in his cabinet, you know, like all of these things, they can point to this, but it's, and it's such a good way to try to quiet all of the deep conversations about systemic racism, about why race even matters in our society and how it came to be like that. And so many other things when you can just say, hey, but we've had one black president. Yeah, and it's interesting, though, because Neil, who in that Channel 4 interview, he also discussed because he's um, a mixed race Indian man. And I think one parent is Indian, one parent is Welsh. And he talks about Rishi Sunak, you know, being another Indian man who's Mm -hmm. the PM now. And I forget the 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 really evil woman who was like, we should send black people to Rwanda or something. I forget her name. Horrible. But she's atrocious. Oh, my gosh. And that photo of her in front of the jails. Oh, real bad. And, And he was talking about the fact, basically, to sum it up, he's talking about the way that, you know, it's not enough to have a black or brown person, you know, in positions of power if they're still upholding white supremacy, essentially. You know what I mean? And that's been happening forever. I mean, if you look at the history of slavery and stuff, it's like, you know, people love, well, white supremacists like to bring up, well, black people sold black people, which is true. And obviously there's so much more to that. It's kind of yes. like, well, someone has a gun to your head and says, hey, I'm going to rob you and kill and murder all of your family and your friends if you don't give me these people. 
it's kind of like unfortunately i think a lot of people would decide i'm gonna save myself even if it means i have to risk well also also the thing with slavery is like it treats all the content of africa as a monolith when there were warring tribes and and things like that where people said oh yeah no i'll 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 sell my enemies and make some money into slavery like again it treats black people as this monolith yeah and a lot of us were just like stupid and we needed a white man to lead us. And like, we weren't doing anything anyway. So why wouldn't we take them and, you know, make use of them? <laughs> and it's like this type of thinking you see so much, I feel like in the UK of the, it was so long ago, get over it. And we have so much representations. There's interracial marriages. Like, what are you guys talking about? Well, the like, other I problem, all- the other problem is the UK educational system pretty much focuses on Wilberforce, a white man, for abolishing slavery as if it was this sudden Wild. moral reckoning and not, um, yeah. you know, many other issues, including slave uprisings in colonies. You know what I mean? It's just exactly it, it's, it's it's it is a whole savior. it's a whole can of worms. So let's transition. Talk to me about the LGBTQ post from William and Kate's so, social media. I think it's OK. So William has been talking about LGBTQ plus rights since 2016. He was on the cover of the magazine Attitude, which is a gay public public publication, which was huge. I feel like I don't even know to say why, but it was huge for the future king to be on the cover of a gay magazine saying, I support gay people. So that was for Pride Month. And I think it was 2019. 2019 when he said that if any of his children ever came out like George or something he would completely support them and what I will give especially William on that this is the closest he probably ever will touch on it but he touches on how like you know it does worry me and not because I would be worried that my son would be you know gay or something but it worries me about how he would be treated and how the system would treat him Mm -hmm. because as we all know there is absolutely no way right now if, say, George um, liked men and his partner was a male, they would not be allowed to get married. That would not be recognized as his partner. It would just never happen. So he did say that. Cool for him. And then we had our 2023 one. And mind you, William is the only one who's ever talked about this and i'm saying that between william and kate i don't think any other royals have been so explicit as william but i know for a fact when it comes to william and kate it's only william usually involved in these things and it's always happens during pride month month which is nice but as um oh my gosh what did our friend say what did our friend say not in royal news yeah in royal news said oh lord everett the, he, yes lord everett the fact that he only does it during pride month is a little yeah yes yeah so when they post for the very end of june which i actually thought was a really cool thing to literally finish off pride month with this i thought that could be a really great thing they show the um they show the pride flag and in the pride flag they also have like the trans colors and so on and man did people react and reminding you guys, the turf war is hardcore going on right now in the UK, just like it is in the US. Recently, a 16-year-old trans girl was murdered by her 16-year-old peers. Horrible thing. She was dead named in every single tabloid, Daily Mail, The Sun, the whole shebang. So when they post this article, well, it is a preview for a conversation that they're going to have. No one knows if it's going to be William and Kate or just William. 
immediately the responses on their page are horrendous. So I'm going to look and read a couple of their top comments. This one is 404 likes. There's no point of championing the early years of childhood if you're supporting this movement. And I will say, I think it's very clear when they're saying this, I think this has a lot to do with the trans colors in particular. Then you have the one with 1,552 likes. Please stay neutral. Your job is outside of politics. Oh, don't we love when we make human rights? Oh, God. Just treating people like humans into a political thing that no one can talk about. Um, And then, obviously, I was happy to see, of course, people were like, stop doing this. But the top comments are all unfollowing. You should not be making political statements nor promoting that. That which goes against the teachings of the church, you will one day head. Would Queen Elizabeth II have done this? And honestly, she wouldn't have because... Yeah, I'll okay, but also Patreon. Queen Elizabeth <laughs> Queen Elizabeth helped to, you know, to influence the changing of the church's rules so that her divorced son could marry another yes. woman with a husband still living and become king. So you know what? I feel like the rules can be bent. Also, this was a church founded on Henry VIII being able <laughs> to have another wife and divorce his first wife when the Pope would not allow him. Okay, that's okay. We're already starting on shaky freaking ground when it comes to the Church of England. Very shaky ground. So we have June 30th, last day of Pride. We have the conversation. It's at, um, they visit the iconic Royal Vauxhall Tavern. I don't know much about it, but from what I've seen, it is like, you know, probably what Stonewall is for the US for like UK, the UK LGBTQ plus um community this is a very important spot for them they have their drag shows their comedy shows it's the place so that was really cool that location and he talks to three different people who are part of the community and our volunteers from the mix uk and give us a shout um hotline which is that they're a part of so in the conversation it's really nice look (laughs) i'm gonna give (laughs) william credit (laughs) yeah sorry guys um it's nice. The points where I don't like, for one, this is the only thing that was done and it's very clear that they have an issue. And two, there was no trans people. Oh. Um, from what I can see, these are all cis, you know, male and um, males and one female. They seem, I think, to all be, you know, but they're not trans. And that's the big issue here. And that flag was prom- prominently used in their video. So, but hey, he did it. Now you get to the comments once again. this first one 571 likes you guys what about your veterans mental health or your homeless or drug addicts stop with this push we respect the lgbtq community but stop pushing it down our throats woke royals i miss queen elizabeth she didn't take position and respected everyone's views by doing so people are so disgusting sorry that makes me so mad it's it's bad and like you guys i mean just for our community, we don't need to read any more of the hate. I don't, you know, any of our people listening that are part of this community. Unfortunately, uh, it's just all I'm looking at these comments, you guys, and all the top comments go along this route. And, you know, I'm sure you're thinking, well, why? Like, William has literally been doing this for years. Why do the comments seem so much more hateful now? And I think this stems from... The fact, again, they will not denounce racism against people that it's happening in their family. When you will do, will not say no to racism against your peers, you're allowing so much other types of hate to come in. So it is not shocking that the same people who I'm sure think 
Kate and William are amazing because they're not woke like that, you know, Megan and Harry, and they're all about traditions and they know their place. Because <clears throat> I feel like that's what a lot of this is too. Know your place. And you used to know your place and now you don't know your place. They become better than them. And If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And they're allowing all of these people who have this turf mentality, whether it's aggressive or not, to come to their pages and to salute them for being so much better than that black biracial girl who didn't know her place. And then they do stuff like this. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I thought we only liked the Republican quiet gaze and our pick me black and brown girls. Like this is too far. So I think with all of this too, is I think this is a larger problem that William and Kate have. And it's this modernizing the monarchy without alienating traditionalists who support them through and through. You have to find yeah. a way, first of all, you should just stand by your principles. And if you support the humanity of, you know, LGBTQ plus people, then you know, you should proudly show that again, human rights, not a political issue here. And I think they're really exactly. struggling with who their audience currently is, which tends to be yes. Tories and traditionalists and maybe, you know, people who um, aren't so kind to this community and the audience that they need to get in front of and need buy in from, which are younger generations, which tend to be more yeah. open and progressive and just you know, accepting of different people. What a concept. And I think this is another yeah. example of how they are struggling to find a way to bridge those two audiences. And of course, like my my stance is like, well, F the people who say disgusting things about LGBTQ, you know, individuals who mm -hmm. needs them. But that's like kind of the base of their audience are more conservative, yeah. you know, monarchists that may hold these views. Not everyone, but a good amount if you're just going off of the the people that are following Kate and William on social media and commenting. Yeah. Well, especially though in the last five years, they have, especially I would say 2018 to like 2020, have 
really drove home about this kind of know your place, respect traditions, don't talk about your family out loud. Like these all have this trickle down effect of all going to that same kind of pot of like toxicity and these like traditional ideals that aren't doing anything for us, but damaging us like our mental health and, you know, continuing, continuing generational trauma. And on top of that, they have pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered their invisible contract with the Royal Royal, Royal Rota since that time. And when you are constantly giving away di- tidbits and like brushing shoulders with, say, the Telegraph, which, by the way, here's an article from today from the Telegraph. This is um, a quote from their tweet. Prison authorities and civil servants have acquiesced to the demands of the trans lobby for years. Common sense is beginning to win out. Tom Harris. This trans prisoner scandal shows the government put women's safety second to gender ideology. That is the telegraph. Camila Tomney is always talking nasty and ignorant about trans people, the Daily Mail, the Sun. These are the people I can say we know for a fact, allegedly, and yeah, I'm doing the quotation marks, that (laughs) William McKay speak to and cozy up to and give this information to. So it's not shocking when they are constantly giving information to these audiences that they are going to attract these audiences to their social medias. And then they're going to react like this when they see something that is not in their traditional ideals. It's like they, they are allowing this to happen. They're trying to do too much. And I think what really pissed me off from their side and the power that they do have over this is not turning off comments. Yes. Why Why are you not turning off the comments? It's so obvious. It's hor- It's horrendous under there, okay? Your fans that aren't like that are fighting for their lives in those comments. And you guys are saying you respect this community and you support them, but you won't turn off the comments. That pissed me off. Because a way to protect them and respect them would not being allow people to have this like free space to just throw whatever they want at them. Their hate at them. So, yeah, you know... Not great. Two points for trying. Famously Nothing not else great. for anything else. <laughs> okay, Alex, I have been so excited to share this with you. Oh, tell me. It's our main topic of the episode. This yes. is when we do like a mini dive into a topic or a person. And do you know who Lady Colin Campbell is? Okay, so that's like that super old lady looks like the Crypt Keeper, right? Yes, we're probably talking about the same woman. (laughs) Now, that could be applied to a lot of people. But yes, I'm pretty sure we're talking about the same person. And this is someone that I have personally had had requested on my TikTok to cover, which I have not touched for a couple of reasons. And I think you're going to find out soon why. And we did get, though, a list. Oh, yeah. We did get a listener request. (laughs) Thank you, Wendy, for suggesting that we talk about Lady Colin Campbell. And I think this is actually a good place to have it where we can have a good discussion that we can moderate and not be, you know, interrupted by disgusting, hateful comments. Anyway, I want to be clear before I start this. It's not going to be an exhaustive look. We are mostly going to look into her past and a bit of her work connections because Honestly, she's like, she kind of ranks for me under an Angela Levin, which tells you something. She's an opportunist. She writes disgusting, slanderous, sensational garbage about Harry and Meghan because that's what sells. Like, it's so blatant. She's not a journalist. She's a caricature of, I mean, really, I might have to take the title of Rita Skeeter from Camilla Tomini and put it onto Lady Campbell because (laughs) her ability to turn an entire career out of a 14-month marriage 
would almost be impressive. Like I would almost appreciate the hustle if she wasn't so damn evil. And so let's get into it because her backstory is super fascinating. So Lady Colin Campbell is born Michael George Ziotti in 1949 in the colony of Jamaica. So Jamaica is become, becomes independent in the 1960s. So just to kind of give okay. you a, a taste of the world she was born into. But Michael wasn't a common name for a girl. She was born, well, not a boy, but not clearly a girl. So let me explain. She was Whoa. born. I know. I know. It's really interesting. So she was born with what the Mayo Clinic calls ambiguous genitalia. So in her case, she was born with a fused labia and a deformed clitoris. So when she came out, although she was biologically a girl at that time, they would just assign the sex as a boy because it was better to be a boy. So just raise this child as a boy. Yeah, I know. I know it's crazy oh, if you think about it, but this is 1949, you know, and I'm sure there was a lot they didn't know you know, medically about this condition. So she was raised a male because it's the superior sex. And again, this is part of the reason why I wasn't willing to go into this on TikTok is because the people, again, when people combat hate, when people combat hate with transphobia, it's like, you're not doing the thing you think you're doing. Lady Colin is a terrible human being. We can judge her on her merits, but saying things that are harmful to trans people in the comments because you want to like get one over on this woman are disgusting because people will regularly be like oh my god she was born a man she lied to her husband it's like you're not doing what you think you're doing yeah like that's not why she's a bad person that has nothing to do with it (laughs) Yeah, and, and, (laughs) and also can you imagine again growing up your entire life knowing that you are not the sex you have been assigned and not being able to live your true life or wild. or what what it would look like if you did decide to you know um live your life as as a woman which she eventually does and like her father hates scandal at one point he allegedly tells her to drink rat poison i mean this sucked this sucks so oh around oh my god yeah oh yeah so but there's another we'll get into it the other thing is questioning oh. anything lady colin campbell says so anyway around puberty he tries at the time he's still like, you know, identifying as a boy tries to seek medical help to no avail. And by the time though, she turns 21, she's been living as a woman, she's a model. And so she finally has an operation to correct the issue. She writes in her memoir, armed with a new birth certificate. She was now officially Georgia Ariana. And she set about losing her virginity and finding a husband. So that was a review of her autobiography. And so she does find a husband and here, okay, we're, we're going to get, this is going to be a doozy. So <laughs> I know, I, I know I'm, I'm saying scared. this is going to be a doozy as if the last five minutes were not. So <laughs> like her whole life. <laughs> so Georgina, wait, Georgina, Georgia, Georgia, something G has this to say about her marriage to Lord Colin Campbell. In 1974, she meets 27 year old Lord Colin Campbell in New York city. They marry five days after meeting one another. She writes in her autobiography that she was a little disconcerted that he spent the day before their wedding driving around drugstores in search of uppers and downers, but he explained he needed them for his jet lag. He, in turn, did not bat an eyelid when she said he ought to know that she had been brought up a boy. His entire response was, so? 
And then after they tie the knot in Maryland, Lord Colin Campbell allegedly invites another person to join their wedding night. (gasps) According to Lady Colin Campbell, they find a way to consummate the marriage, but says, I ended up feeling like a necrophiliac. I mean... (gasps) Oh, wait. Let me look that up real quick. <laughs> that means like like having <gasps> sex with dead people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, before I looked it up, that's why I went, because <gasps> it just hit me what that means. Wait, so she's saying that she felt, she felt. Like that's how it felt because he was so, had an inability to be intimate. That is what she claims. Oh. So. Did she ever say who the third person, like guy, girl? That You know what? Interesting question. We do not know. So the marriage is bad news. I've read, and again, this is all speculation, that perhaps he married her to try to get at her family's money because, again, aristocrats tend to not have a lot of, you know, actual cash on hand. They have, you know, titles and land. (laughs) And that she was perhaps drawn to his title. So according to Lady Colin Campbell, the marriage gets, you know, violent and they divorce after 14 months of marriage and it's very ugly. Now, there is a great Vanity Fair piece from 2020 on Lady Colin Campbell that references a 2015 interview that Lord Campbell gave, which was his first interview in 40 years. So that was with the son. I I ran my little fingers. I said, I got to go check this out. So this is his point of view. And again, there are there are definitely some pretty homophobic comments and misunderstandings of her condition. So I just want to prepare people for that. And so what he says is, after she told me that she was brought up a boy, I could not even bring myself to look at my wife, let alone touch her. He then goes on to say that my brother called me and said, do you realize you married a man? Lord C does admit now that his brother was wrong on that part. So he seems to have a better understanding now of the condition. He says, yes, we married. We married after five days. I was stupid and inebriated. He goes on to say, though, that the sex was normal and that they had lots of it. Soon after they married, Lady Colin Campbell's past was revealed when a journalist unearthed her birth certificate, leading to false (gasps) accusations she was a transsexual. And it really put a strain on the marriage. You know, Campbell struggled to cope. He says he turned to alcohol. This is what Lord Colin Campbell has to say about her. She can seem charming and lovely, but in my opinion, she is a monster. I think she's a crushing snob and a complete fake. She keeps claiming to be related to the royal family through me. How does that work? I am not related to the queen at all. I find it infuriating that she continues to call herself Lady Colin Campbell. In her autobiography, Lady Campbell claims that her ex-husband was violent, a drug addict. He denies those claims. Lady Campbell has also claimed that she's royalty in her own right, that her father is a Russian count. But there has been... No verification of these claims. And I bring all of this up because it is incredibly difficult to know what to believe when it comes to Lady Colin Campbell. And so much of her actual body of work is is bewildered by the idea of truth that it's so hard to know what's true when it comes to both her work and parts of her life, unfortunately. And what also gets me, though, about people like Lady Colin Campbell is it feels like there's this fork in the road where after, you know, she has such a hard childhood, she had an opportunity to be an, 
to go in a different direction, to be a positive force. And it kind of, and this is not the same, obviously, analogy, but it kind of reminds me of Caitlyn Jenner in a sense that she has immense privilege to have been able to transition the money, the power, the fame to, you know, live as a woman openly. And yet she uses her power to be a conservative token in the fight against trans people. Like she's a turf, yeah. but she's trans. And it's, it, again, the analogy is not perfect, but it's just, she could have been a vehicle for good and she's not. So that's a little background on her life. We're going to get into her work, but any questions, Alex, any comments before I go on? I, yeah, I think what you said is just like how sad it is. I feel like you often see this with any kind a person who gets tokenized for these type of people. It's like, you can tell that her life was hard, her having to hide this, the confusion. I mean, even from her own family. So I'm kind of sadly not shocked that she's went so far right and so hateful because I feel like it's like, if I can do this, then I'll be a real, you know, quote unquote, real woman or whatever. And they'll accept me and, it's just sad because it's like what this old woman who's just still fighting to be accepted and yeah. and she's doing that by acting like a mean girl like she's in high school or junior high exactly like, that's sad do i feel that bad for her because she's like a bitch nope. no but it is sad <laughs> i do feel a little bad <laughs> it is and we really have to get into her body of work and again this is where the grift comes in which i wouldn't completely hate if she wasn't so evil she really, yeah. <laughs> she makes a whole ass career off of being Lady Colin Campbell, despite the fact it was a bad marriage that lasted for 14 months. She said, I'm not giving that name back. She and again, Lady Lady. <laughs> and again, the fact that she will go on about Megan and her title is rich, rich coming from this woman. But hypocrisy does not live in this woman's brain. So she no. goes the Angela Levin route pretty quickly and writes royal biographies that have been greatly disputed. In a review of her book, The Royal Marriages, The Independent says, How the heart beats faster, how the pulse quickens, to encounter an author so exhilaratingly untrammeled by any fear or knowledge of the libel laws. I mean, put it in the burn book. She just got read for absolute filth. And then <laughs> she has a book called The Queen Mother, in which she oh. alleges that the mother of Queen Elizabeth had an arrangement described as an early version of surrogacy and did not actually give birth to Elizabeth. Here, let's get into it. This is the oh. this is apparently a way to explain the nickname Cookie given to the to the Queen Mother by the Duke and Duchess of Windsor, which I have to say my nickname was also Cookie growing up, so I have some <laughs> questions. And but also it was because I really liked cookies and maybe Elizabeth really liked cookies. So calm it down. Yeah. She also wrote an incredibly unflattering biography on princess Diana. And some of the scandalous bits were Diana's eating disorder, her relationship with James Hewitt. Oh. And what's interesting though, is like some of it pans out in Andrew Morton's later biography on Diana. Yeah. And that's, what's I'm interesting. That's what's interesting. So it's like, you know, is a broken clock just, you know, right you know, twice a day, or I guess once a day, if you're using military time, but you know, did she just happen to land on this good information or, you know, does she have sources within the palace or is her group of friends informed? I'm not sure, but just, just of note. So she's yeah. done 
uh, as of, you know, as of late, she's done reality TV, morning shows, all that kind of stuff. She also had incredibly bad takes about Prince Andrew and Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, oh, no. I probably should have just me. said tr- trigger warning for this entire segment. But she was on Good Morning Britain a few years ago after Andrew did the, that disastrous interview hmm. about his relations with Virginia and said, you all seem to have forgotten that Jeffrey Epstein, the offense with which he was charged and for which he was imprisoned, was soliciting prostitution from minors. That is not the same thing as pedophilia. And <gasps> apparently, are you ready for this, though? Her excuse is that she felt tricked by the host and cut off because what she was going to say is he's a hebophile. And I don't really know what that means or how it makes it better, but I feel like we didn't need to, you know, suss through the word pedophile and decide if it applies to Prince Andrew. Like, not the take. Come on, lady. Like, not, well, I, that's just like so disgusting because his victim has clearly said I was a victim. Like, I was manipulated, I was groomed. And, I mean, just again, a child cannot consent to that. Nope. Period. Like, it's just, it doesn't happen. It can not happen. And I feel like, again, this so goes to, like, excuse me, this pick-me behavior. Like, I want to be accepted by these people so bad. I want not just by the Ristos, but the Royals. You know what I mean? Like, I want to not just be a part of the boys' club, but I want to be part of this, like, rich we're above it all. We can get away with anything. Because I think at the end of the day, she does want to just be able to get away with anything and do yeah. anything she wants to I think she to wants do. to be... She, she's owed that. I think she truly wants to be of that world. Part of that world. Anyway, she probably also hates that there was a Black Little Mermaid. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know. You know it. You know. Unsurprisingly, she saw... <laughs> Well, moving right along. Unsurprisingly, she saw the cash cow, which was focusing on Harry and Meghan. And so 30 years after trashing Harry's mother, she turns her sights on her son and his wife. So this is from, again, the Vanity Fair profile. They write some of the best profiles. They say Campbell's book presents Megan as an opportunist who jetsoned British traditions, friends and relatives that didn't suit her, which, again, is hilarious, given the fact that she <laughs> made an entire career. Literally. And was an opportunist on this, you know, married title. So Campbell is more the aristocratic gossip and grain of salt type of biographer than Absolutely. like a literary kind. You know what I mean? She's Honestly, like Dumas. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> so. Hey, little no. shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We're losing it. So she mentions she mentions in the Vanity Fair piece. Um, that, you know, she is at a party and she talks, you know, about, they're talking about H&M at this party, not H&M, but Harry and Meghan. And someone in the group suggests that Lady C writes something that reigns Meghan in, which, uh, big yikes, big yikes right there. And she also denies the existence of structural racism in the UK, which as a white (gasps) woman born to a wealthy family in the colony of Jamaica kind of tracks. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. White people, white people. I'm I'm speaking. I'm speaking to white people right now. White people, this is your great aunt that you only see once or twice a year. (laughs) That is who Lady Colin Campbell is. Okay, that's exactly who she is. She is going to ask you. She's going to ask you what they are teaching the children in schools. She's going to ask you what you think of this whole woke thing. This is your great aunt that you avoid at all costs. Also. 
her desserts in her house are trash. They're absolute trash. <laughs> so it's like snack wells. And you're like, no, give me actual sugar. So anyway, Lady Campbell is absolutely ridiculous. And that, I mean, I think at this point we know, but TV yeah. shows and papers keep her around. Like she, she continues to be a part of the news cycle. Why? Is it because she's willing to quote unquote go there and make yeah. audacious claims that media outlets can pin on her to take away their responsibility in reprinting? Is she perhaps well-connected? I mean, even going back to some of the Diana stuff, she did get things right. So, you know, could it be that she's useful to have around to push this like just flagrant point of view? Does she have a social circle that loves to gossip and occasionally get some correct tidbits Actually, on the happenings true. of the British royal family? Like, that's what I try to figure out with her, because I understand people, you know, wanting to talk about her. But to me, she's just not important enough to talk about. But I think it is worth discussing. How someone like this, who has been so flagged for her bullshit, is still trotted out in articles, in think pieces, in TV shows for her opinion. Why is that? And what does it say about the larger media landscape? You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, because like someone's giving her this access. And I don't know, the Arista world just feels tiny. It's like going to a small high school with maybe a graduating class of like 300 kids. You know what I mean? At most, like it just feels so tiny that I'm not surprised that sometimes she does get it right. And I'm also not surprised that majority of time she doesn't, but I wouldn't be surprised if she actually is hearing these type of things. I mean, there was people, I cannot think of the man's name, but it was a tweet right after the Royal Wedding, maybe like a couple weeks after. And he was just pretty much saying like, wow, if you could hear the things that people are saying about Megan at these like Aristo weddings, it's bad. You know, so it's just made pretty clear from the beginning that everyone in this world had an opinion about Megan and a lot of them were gossiping about her and not in that kind of way of just like, you know, like, who's this new animal? Like, let's peep through the cage. What are they about? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it would all very strange. So, yeah, I think she's just around people who talk. They also probably don't really like her. So <laughs> she doesn't get invited to all of, like, the most exclusive things. So it's, like, stuff getting handed down to her because she can go to some parties, but she can't go to the exclusive tea party. I think she's probably one of those people that, you know, perhaps thinks people are laughing with her, but it's kind of more laughing at her. She's just kind of like an eccentric, weird, useful person to have in your social circle to get perhaps gossip or points of view that you want into the papers, into these books. But she's just an, yes. an unserious person. And I think she just blatantly, uh, similar to an Angela Levin, just saw an opportunity in focusing on the royals as a way to yeah. make money. And saw and saw the money opportunities in and basically being against Harry and Meghan and that that was going to be more profitable than yeah. any sort of actual serious fair and balanced take. It, exactly. And like, I just I think of like Piers Morgan and stuff. And it's just like, how far off if far off is she's truly from Piers Morgan? So when we know who has friends within the royal family, like actual royal family members that are pretty high up there. I mean, the York sisters, Fergie, like she may not be, I don't know, she's not a royal anymore, but obviously she has deep connections to the royals. So 
it's just kind of like knowing people is important. I don't think she knows people like Piers Morgan does, but I think both of them are used in the same way is because they will say these outlandish things. Outlandish. Yeah, I and think- I can't help but think, even if the royal family isn't say, hey, say this, they definitely aren't telling them not to stop, which in, in other words, for them is saying, okay, good. It's okay. It's okay for me to take it this far. You guys aren't upset about it. So I think what made Piers Morgan more dangerous in the beginning of his career is that he was actually editors, an editor at these papers, the News of the World and and things like that. And he yeah. really had a say in the direction that it was going. I mean, Rebecca Brooks worked under him. I mean, this is just, just uh, the holy trinity of evil yep. really is over there. But he's really done what I think we see from a lot of people, given the polarized, you know, state of the world, and that he decided to take a pivot hard right. And now he basically does, you know, um, think pieces and opine pieces and gets on TV and yells and screams about stuff he doesn't like and is bombastic because that's what's making him money. Well, and it's sad, too, though, because, yeah, like he got a big, huge platform. He got an international platform. So people were willing to take him serious. They weren't willing to cut him off earlier and be like, wow, this guy is extreme and not in the right way. And again, he's also coming along in a time where people are like, I'm so sick of the mainstream media. It's, you know, it's controlled by the left. It's like we have why we have these Joe Rogans and stuff coming up. They love those people who want to play devil's advocate. I mean, you see the female version of that with like House and Habit, that one chick House and Habit. I don't know if you know that I but like she loves pretending like she's this feminist woman but god the hot takes are trash she hates me i'm glad i'm glad i have not found that person i know and it's scary though you know amber heard's a stupid slut who lied on johnny depp um jonah hill was just trying to set boundaries No. no he wasn't no he wasn't no he wasn't let's repeat that now jonah hill was not setting boundaries you guys and if you have a partner who's sending you texts like that and his boundaries involved you having to change how you are what you wear and what you know who you're around he's not setting boundaries he's controlling you but anyways (laughs) house and habit over a million followers it's like these people are dangerous and they get some sort of like legitimacy and then it's almost like the moment they get that, they're like, cool, now I can start acting out. And then these people are going to be like, you guys are just mad because they're not all woke and politically correct and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, they're just ignorant and they're okaying abuse. Yep. A.A. <laughs> but no. sure, Piers Morgan, unfortunately, was on CNN one time. So, I mean, yep. everything he say is legit, obviously. Tucker Carlson <laughs> was had a, t- a CNN show. Again, I think that's it's partially the state of you know, just media over the past couple decades. And, you know, just, um, it just sucks. It sucks. I know that's not an eloquent way to put it, but the state of media just sucks. So on that really happy note, on that really happy note, (laughs) we are going to wrap the episode. Remember, if you want to get this a day early, ad free and get our deep dive which is going to be Princess Anne this month. Go over to patreon.com slash Lady Audacity. Also, if you fun. want to see, it's going to be so fun. Also, if you want to see our show notes, they are over there for free. And we try to link everything that we've discussed so that you can see, you know, see for yourself if you want to dig a little deeper. And we always love to hear your thoughts. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, please email us at ladyaudacity at gmail.com. That's T-E-A. Also, Apple Podcasts. We would love it if you left a review, preferably one that is, you know, five stars and, you know, glowing because we listen (laughs) like words of affirmation are our love language. We would love it. We'd also love to bump up that rating just a little higher. Mm -hmm. I think, unfortunately, along with a new famed recognition came a 
royalists that don't like our shit. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> the thanks for that. Thing. We're just here to hate on Catherine kind of had me cracking up. Oh, my God. Especially because they wouldn't call her Kate. They're just calling her Catherine, I think, by her official title, too. And I was like, yeah, but we are not for you. No, we're probably (laughs) not. If you only refer to Kate by her full name and title, I know we are not for you. That's my favorite (laughs) when people are like, call her by her real name. She's not been Middleton for a while. And I'm like, baby, this is how the, this is how the articles and outlets, they use Kate Middleton because it's familiar. People know who you're talking about and it's good for SEO. Do you have the same energy for Meghan Markle? Take several seats. Anyway, that's my own personal gripe. Alex, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Lady Audacity. That's T-E-A at the end. So please come join us. And maybe we'll do a threads. I've been going back and forth. <gasps> Ooh. I kind of want to. It, it, it would be really like it's easy. It's too crazy yet. It's not, yeah, it, like, it's like, not a cesspool. No one, no one has called me a stupid American yet. Um, no <laughs> one has told me to eat shit. It's been really lovely. Right? We love that. Why not be told, like, you're just a dumb little black girl. That's why you like Megan. <laughs> yeah, so far it hasn't been disgusting. So let's enjoy it Yay. before it combusts because we cannot be trusted to act as human beings, clearly, nope. on the internet. So until next time, pinkies up. Pinkies up. See ya. Bye. Cheerio. <laughs> you froze. Alex, let me. Do you hear me, baby? Come back. Can you hear me? You can blame it all on no, me. You are frozen. Oh shoot! I don't know what's happening. Okay. Rest- I'm gonna try to. I'll- oh shoot! Oh shoot! I don't know where she went. I'm going to pause.
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 